Does Templeton Marsh, Canada's top auto dealership buy-sell firm, have a crystal ball? No, nobody has one. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the February 16th, 2024 episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. I'm your host, Greg Layson, the digital and mobile editor at Automotive News Canada. My two guests this week are here to give us their thoughts on the federal government's auto theft summit held on February 8th in Ottawa. They're here to talk about the problem, how it affects automakers and their dealers. They'll also tell us what needs to be done to solve the problem. All that and more when we hear from FIRST, the head of the Canadian Vehicle Manufacturers Association, which represents the Detroit 3 in Canada, Brian Kingston, and the head of the Canadian Automobile Dealers Association, Tim Royce, on this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. Brian, thanks for joining me on the podcast again. Hey, thanks for having me on. Always good to join. It is. It's always great to have you. Well, the federal government hosted an auto theft summit about a week ago. You were there. What are your initial thoughts on the summit itself? How did it go? Yeah, well, first, I I, I was encouraged that the federal government brought all of the players together, law enforcement, border officials from the Canada Border Service Agency, the automotive industry, it was helpful to make those connections with all of the various players in this this issue uh, and exchange views, data, information on what's happening and and ultimately land on some proposals around how we we address this issue. Um, that said, what what was missing was very specific actions that will get to the heart of the issue quickly. A lot of ideas were thrown out. Um, but what I didn't see coming from the federal government was a clear action plan with specific timelines. And so, you know, that was something that I was hoping that we would see more details on. There were some announcements prior to the summit, um, but I was expecting more coming out of it. Do you, did you get the sense that it was hastily put together because there had been so much pressure building at a local level? We've heard Brampton, Ontario, Mayor Patrick Brown talk about this for a while. Then we heard Pierre Polyev uh, sort of bring it to the forefront as a campaign issue, an election issue? Did you feel like it was put together to address those concerns rather than the actual concerns? Well, yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no doubt that the political pressure that, that has been put on government has really forced their hand on this. The reality is, you know, this issue has been well understood for over a year now, and you've had people like uh, Mayor Brown speaking about it. We've seen the increase in theft rates here in Canada surging higher than in the United States. And uh, a range of folks in, in law enforcement and, and in the industry have pointed to clear solutions that need to be acted on. So, um, it, you know, while it's, it's good that there's some attention on it, um, it is a little bit frustrating that it's taken this long. We know what the main cause of this is, and that is a, a completely... Um, um, uninspected port in Montreal where these vehicles are, are flowing to markets abroad. Um, so, you know, a summit is, is fine to bring attention to it, but let's get some action on, on the, the actual issue here. Yeah, I, I'm going to assume, and I know that can always get me in trouble, but I assume automakers have a concern here in that the general public is going to say, do something to make your cars less enticing to steal. Is that your biggest concern as a representative for the automakers? What are the automakers that you represent, and they are the Detroit Three, um, what are their concerns when it comes to auto theft? Is it that, that they're getting a bad rep, that their cars aren't you know, safe enough or tough enough to steal? 
nobody wants uh, their vehicles on uh, on the list of, of most stolen uh, cars in Canada. That is not good for the customer and that is not good for the company. Um, what I find um, uh, challenging about this debate is there is a lot of um, finger pointing that occurs at at automotive manufacturers. You know, why aren't the vehicles more secure? Why is it harder to steal these vehicles? And what we're seeing when we look at the data, um, Canadian vehicles are by default most more secure than than the, the vehicles on the road in the United States because we already have uh, an immobilizer standard in this country that's been in place since 2007 every new vehicle has a mandatory integrated engine immobilizer feature so this isn't a technology issue and, and suggesting somehow that if a vehicle were were harder to steal that you wouldn't still see criminal activity is just not realistic and all you have to do is look at the greater toronto area where what we've seen over the past year is a surge in violent carjackings and break and enters where criminals are going directly into homes or up to a driver on the street to get into the vehicle. So the, the issue is not the technology. The issue is that we've got a crime problem in this country and it's being facilitated by uh, our ports, which are, are not being adequately inspected and allowing these organized crime groups to send vehicles to other markets. So let me follow up and ask though, is there anything more that automakers could be doing to and for their vehicles um, and what are they doing currently to to alleviate this problem? Yeah, a couple of things. Um, uh, first of all, automakers are always um, doing things to update vehicle technology uh, and make them more secure. The challenge is, just like you don't ask a bank what they're doing in terms of cybersecurity to protect uh, their, their online systems, automakers aren't going to issue a press release saying, you know, we've introduced a, a new measure in a vehicle to, uh, to deter thieves. These are highly well-financed, sophisticated, transnational organized crime groups who are putting huge amounts of money behind finding ways to get past this technology. So you can't go out there and, uh, and, and transmit exactly what is being done to secure vehicles, first and foremost. Um, and I think that sometimes gets, uh, gets missed in this, uh, in this debate. Secondly, auto manufacturers are working directly with law enforcement agencies um, to understand where some of the vulnerabilities are and find ways to, to ultimately capture uh, these vehicle thieves. So there is a lot going on, but you might not see it uh, in, in the front page of the newspaper. This next question is one that I got that surprised me when I got it. And I thought, geez, maybe that is a legitimate question. Should we just go back to keys rather than keyless entry? Is that a solution in all of this, Brian? Yeah, I, uh, I, I get that question a lot myself. Okay, so I'm not alone. Okay, I, I was <laughs> worried when I got it. I thought, geez, I've never heard that before, <laughs> but it kind of makes sense. But is that is that a solution? Uh, absolutely not. And, uh, <laughs> and, and the reason is, uh, I, I've had to remind a few folks of this, um, there, there was a real issue with vehicle theft um, with key-based systems um, because of hot wiring. Um, so, so thieves found a way around it and they were hot wiring vehicles. When FOB technology came in, we saw a reduction in theft because it was a new technology. It was hard to bypass. But now what's happened, yet again, these groups, because they're well-financed and because the profits from theft are, are so lucrative, they have now found ways to try and get past the existing vehicle security system. So every new technology that is introduced will reduce vehicle theft for a finite period of time until 
someone finds a way around it. So it is truly a game of cat and mouse. Automakers are always trying to stay one step ahead. Um, but if we don't get at the root of the issue, which is these these crime groups operating unimpeded here, we're not going to be able to bring down theft rates. I've I've seen, heard, and and read your comments about, you know, the problem is is bigger in Canada than it is in the United States, and yet we have more stringent rules and and specifications on immobilizers, as you mentioned. So is it truly the border? Is that the problem, uh, that port of Montreal that we always talk about? Yeah, it's it's two things. I mean, first, it is it is the border and the port. Um, there are four Canada Border Service Agency officers in Montreal who are responsible for outbound cargo. Um, that's just simply not enough when you look at the volume. Um, we don't have enough uh, scanning machines and other technology to verify what is in containers and what is leaving. Um, you compare that to the United States where there are more stringent measures in place and it is more difficult to send contraband uh, out of the country. So that is absolutely uh, a key part of this, this problem. Secondly, uh, law enforcement agencies are stretched, and we heard that at uh, the theft summit last week. Um, they simply do not have the budgets to have standalone, dedicated automotive theft teams. We've seen some progress on this. Ontario put some money behind it. Um, the federal government has announced uh, over $100 million to, uh, to support some of that work. So we are seeing a bit of a change there. But uh, law enforcement agencies are just not adequately a, a resource to take on what is a very sophisticated crime network in this country. So I think if we get at those two core issues, we would see uh, an immediate decrease in, in the vehicle theft rates in this country. Does, does theft financially affect the automakers themselves or does this more at a consumer level and then, of course, a funding level at the government? I just wonder how much... In terms of money and monetarily, does this affect an automaker? Well, the, an automaker does not want uh, a vehicle to be on one of these lists and potentially have consumers questioning whether or not they that's a vehicle that they want to own and drive if they if they see that there's a real risk uh, of that vehicle being stolen. So that's obviously a concern. Secondly, and we're seeing this with insurance rates. Um, as you have more and more vehicles stolen in Canada, insurance rates are going up and that becomes a, a disincentive uh, to car ownership. So th this is a problem and, and we, we have to deal with it because we don't want the, the cost of vehicle ownership to, to continue to go up like that. So in a nutshell, what would automakers like to see the government do to combat this? Is it simply a funding and money thing or is there something beyond that? Yeah, we put forward a, uh, a four-point plan um, to uh, the federal government when we participated in this summit, and really it consists of the following. We, we need to strengthen the criminal code. Uh, we heard from law enforcement agencies at the summit that 60% of sentences for car theft in Ontario are for six months or less. And, you know, that is not a real deterrent to stealing a vehicle. The profits that are being generated by vehicle theft far, far outweigh your risk of capture, prosecution, and, and sentencing. So that needs to be done so that there are real consequences for this activity. Um, uh, law enforcement agencies need more funding, and we've seen some good early announcements on that, the $121 million uh, that uh, the federal government announced with, with Ontario. I'd like to see that rolled out um, uh, across Canada. Um, this, this is an issue 
everywhere. Right now it is focused in Ontario and Quebec, but there's no reason that it couldn't become uh, a problem in other provinces. Um, thirdly is the port. We need more support for the Canada Border Service Agency. Uh, there was $25 million announced for it. Um, that's a good start, but this is a very busy port, uh, and we simply need more boots on the ground there if we're, if we're going to actually put a dent in some of these illegal exports. And then last, and certainly not least, um, there does need to be policy coordination here amongst governments. On the one hand, there's this push in Canada at federal and provincial level for uh, right-to-repair legislation. You have groups that are lobbying for auto manufacturers to effectively provide full access to the data stored in vehicles. And, and they're saying this is necessary for repair. That is not necessary for repair. It opens up a whole new vector for organized crime groups to access vehicles. So we're calling on government to, to be coordinated here and actually have a clear strategy that allows us to have secure vehicles, um, but without providing um, uh, this complete open access to vehicle systems. Just correct me if I'm wrong here, but it sounds like you're saying if someone were, if right to repair went through and, and there was so much availability when it came to the data, it sounds as if you're saying a criminal could steal my car the same way it steals my laptop and have access to just about any and all data uh, from credit card numbers to social insurance numbers to driving habits or whatever. Is that what you're saying here? If, if right to repair goes through and there's this, this you know, huge amount of data available that thieves are even more interested in stealing cars? Yeah, well, look, auto, automakers are, are highly regulated uh, from both a safety perspective, but also from a privacy perspective. This is one of the most regulated industries that we have. And so they have to keep vehicle systems secure for those reasons and to protect drivers and consumers. And yet we have this push to open these systems up, and it's all under the, the guise of right to repair. We already have systems in place in this country to allow for the effective repair of vehicles without allowing for complete and open access to a vehicle system. So we're just alerting the federal government to the fact that, you know, if you if you really push for that and you legislate that, you're going to create new vulnerabilities in vehicles for these organized crime groups to access vehicle information and ultimately find ways to override systems and steal them. And, and that is a very bad outcome for, for a number of reasons, including for obviously the customer, the consumer, the driver uh, whose vehicle is stolen. So we, we just need some consistency from government. Um, they, they've got to be clear in what it is they want to achieve here. You can't ask manufacturers to do everything. Brian, always good to have you on. Brought up some points I hadn't heard of or thought of. And of course, explained why we can't go back to uh keys as uh, our, our ignition so i appreciate it thanks a lot for having me on always good to chat anytime we'll be right back after this short break our competitors will pretend they have a crystal ball we don't pretend or actually have one however the partners that make up the templeton marsh team collectively have over 240 years of experience in the retail wholesale marketing and financing side of the canadian auto business and buying, selling auto dealerships is all we do. We do not expend time, effort, or energy on peripheral businesses. Between us, we have looked at nearly 200 transactions, successfully batting at nearly 1,000%, closing mandates, and getting more repeat business than our competitors. From whom do we get repeat business and how? We get repeat business because we have the strongest word of mouth presence in the industry. And once we deal with a buyer, 
They become our friends and clients for life. Additionally, we provide personalized hands-on service and attention to details from the very first cup of coffee or dinner to the post-closing dynamic. We are there for our clients every step of the way. Our partners are absolutely at the top of their respective fields and our clients notice this fact. What sets us apart? We start by building relationships and delivering results based on integrity, discretion, our knowledge of the business and the market, and by far the best network of contacts in Canada. Our clients rely on us to be honest and candid, provide them with accurate information based on thorough analysis of their needs and the market. We don't share with our clients what they want to hear, rather what they need to hear. And this honesty, combined with the fact that we do not compromise our principles to secure a mandate, is what actually gets us a mandate. To connect with us, please visit our website at templetonmarsh.com or call us at 416-880-8989. Welcome back to the podcast where we're hearing from Brian Kingston and Tim Royce. And now for the retail side of things, I want to welcome Tim Royce, uh, head of the Canadian Automobile Dealers Association, to the program. Tim, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Greg. It's great to have you on. Uh, same first question, essentially. What were your thoughts on the summit last week? Uh, positive that uh, we're uh, finally starting to see some action on the federal level on this file that um, has been uh, uh, front and center for uh, quite some time now. Uh, the the, the true crisis that we're living in in, in Ontario and, and also in Quebec on, on uh, vehicle theft uh, in society and the impact on, on individuals and their lives um, cannot be uh, overstated. So it was good to see uh, finally uh, some federal action on uh, this topic, as well as some uh, very much needed funding uh, to pr- provide it very shortly on on these topics so those those are the very uh, positive ones and now we uh it's going to be up to us to follow up with the government to actually start enacting those do you get a sense that they were serious in moving forward on this we saw dollar figures and you know money is usually an indicator that they're serious about something but what brian had said previous to you coming onto the show was that there weren't a lot of steps outlined. There was money, but there wasn't really a plan. Um, is that the follow-up to make sure they have a plan in place and that they stick to it? Yeah, that's correct. And and I think there's there's already concrete uh, outlines of a plan, be it by the current government or by opposition being floated. Now it's it's making sure that those right ideas and best ideas are, are implemented as fast as possible. So, for example, uh, additional money was made available for the Port of Montreal where uh, we're seeing as a focal point of, of these issues and see you know whether they can get fairly quickly additional scanning machines and additional personnel assigned uh, to this. Uh, that's something that uh, we can uh, hopefully we'll see action uh, follow words in a very short period of time. But I think the, the best indication that the government has taken this seriously is, is, is uh, highlighted by the fact that the Prime Minister himself participated, and five of his ministers. I don't think there's um, other files necessarily in the automotive sector where we'd see that level of government involvement uh, around something, right? So uh, it has definitely caught their attention, um, and they deem it important. Um, now, whether they deem it important politically or for uh, actually wanting to improve uh, lives uh, for Canadians, uh, there's probably a mixture of both, but we'll take it. 
what are dealer concerns specifically? So what are your members, particularly, I would assume, in Ontario and Quebec, where this is rampant, what are dealers saying to you that they want you to deliver to the government as a message? What are their concerns? The the real-life impact that uh, vehicle theft has on people's lives and how people's lives are scarred if they have an incident such as uh, you know, a home invasion or a vehicle hijacking uh, happen to them, how that affects the, the, the human cost of this sometimes doesn't get um, enough um, representation, which is why we, we made sure that that was front and center as part of the conversations as well. Now, uh, yes, our members are obviously involved in, in, in concern about what it means for their, for their businesses, but they're very concerned for what it means for, you know, their clients who are members of their community and are their, their friends and sometimes their own families. So that is, is the main message that, that we wanted to convey as well as the, the human cost of this. Are we at a point yet, Tim, where cars are being taken right from the dealership uh, where by the thieves are bypassing the, the general citizens and just going to the dealership because we on automotive news, uh, .ca about a month ago reported that vehicles were stolen right out of Ford Oakville's assembly plant lot. Are they being stolen off of dealer lots yet? Are we at that point? Uh, yes. So okay. there is no no uh, part of the supply chain, if you will, that is um, uh, immune or that is not affected by this. Be it you know all the way down to the uh, or back to the factory level, uh, to the dealership level, to transportation to dealerships as well. Uh, and then, uh, you know, most troubling when the, the vehicles are then actually in consumers' hands. What are dealers doing or how are they affected uh, sort of on the showroom floor or on the dealer lot? Is this costing them money? Are you seeing your members spend more on security measures? Uh, absolutely. So uh, that ranges from cameras to um, non-detectable uh you know, uh, devices on, on vehicles uh, put on after the fact so that they can be tracked to additional security guards to just the probably very difficult to gauge the cost of lost sales from consumers that are saying, yeah, no, I no longer want uh, either myself or uh, a family member, uh, be it wife or, or son or, or daughter, um, uh, be in a vehicle where they might be exposed to this. And uh, then those lost sales are then you know, somewhat difficult to, to account for. So there, there's a def, definitely a very large cost there. So you're suggesting folks might not buy the type of vehicle they really want because it's one that thieves really want, so maybe they stay in their current older model for the time being or buy something different? Uh, yeah, or maybe something not as flashy or right. you know, even though their, their heart's desire might be on vehicle XYZ, they say, well, maybe, you know, maybe not now. I'll just keep on driving whatever I currently have, right? Um, that is older and maybe not as attractive for thieves. So that is a definite cost. I have to ask this question or I wouldn't be doing my job. I mean, are dealers asking automakers to do more? Um, you know, because that one of the questions I asked Brian Kingston was, and he said there's a lot of finger pointing. Well, it's the government's fault because they're not funding uh, uh, enough uh, deterrence. It's the border services fault because they're not staffing the port. And then the consumer says, well, it's the automaker's fault because they're not making these uh, tough enough to steal. Are, are dealers asking automakers, the, the folks that sell them the cars, to do more? So let me maybe answer that that question with, with the, the following that, you know, I'm a guy that loves data. Yeah. So. 
we sell the exact same vehicles in, in, in Canada that are being sold in the U.S. Uh, and yet we have a theft rate that's 10 times higher than the U.S. So clearly the issue is not the vehicles. Now, can manufacturers, should manufacturers continue to always improve their vehicles? Absolutely. And that's happened and is continuing to happen. But now say that the crisis we're living in Canada is due to the manufacturers, that is um, that is hogwash. Great point. And Brian brought this up. The Port of Montreal, is that really the center? Is that ground zero of this problem, Tim? Uh, yes. Now, um, as we focus on that, uh, you know, you, you have to uh, remind yourself that you're not uh, like the, the, the kid trying to put a, a finger in a, in a dike, right, where there's water coming through, right? And next thing you know, it's flowing through somewhere else. This is, uh, yes, the, the Port of Montreal needs uh, to be the main focus now and the immediate focus. Uh, but that does not mean that, uh, you know, the thieves do get inventive. And this is organized crime that we're talking about. This is a billion-dollar industry that all of a sudden they start diverting into you know, other ports in Canada. So, uh, yes, well, the initial now immediate focus has to be on the port of Montreal. Uh, there needs to be additional uh, measures being taken at all ports in Canada. So what is it that CATA would like to see the government do? I know you have a checklist. Why don't you outline that for our listeners? What specific actions does the federal government need to take to, to put an end to this? Well, the first one we already talked about, which is the, the ports, and that is under federal control, right? Uh, sometimes uh, it, it, it comes up in a sort of political play ball that has said, well, you know, it's, it's uh, provincial. No, no, hold on a second. Ports are federal responsibility and jurisdiction in Canada, and therefore they need to take action at the ports. So that's the first one. Second one, and, and this is probably the biggest one, is, is uh, justice reform. Um, we currently have a catch and release whereby... Um, individuals that steal cars are doing so not just once, twice, three times, and they get almost immediately released or just on home uh, arrest, so to speak, right? Uh, that needs to substantially change. And, and um, there were some clear signals um, at the summit last week, Auto Theft Summit, that uh, that message has been heard loud and clear. Um, I hope it does not take uh, years for that change to start happening, right? Because what needs to happen is fairly uh, clear as well. There needs to be harsher penalties for um, uh, not just repeat offenders, but also for first offenders. That is then acts as a deterrent for uh, uh, you know organized crime being able to hire those individuals. Is there anything else that you'd like to see addressed by the federal government um, when it comes to the industry itself and making this uh, more difficult? Do they need even more stringent rules because the ports are porous? Do they need more stringent rules when it comes to making vehicles more difficult to steal? And I know they there are already rules and regulations in place that make it more difficult to steal in Canada than in the United States, but if they can't fix it at the ports, should they be implementing tougher rules and regulations in terms of... Um, the ability to steal the vehicles. Um, I, I don't necessarily think that that is, is a very productive approach. Manufacturers by themselves are already engaged as much as they can in trying to stay ahead of the curve with, uh, you know, the thieves that are also getting more and more sophisticated. Um, however, now delivering on those topics that were discussed 
I think that now needs to be the focus. Okay, so you've politically made clear that you're interested in the topic, that you take it seriously. Okay, so let's see the follow through now. Um, that is, I think, where, where the main focus needs to be. Let's get these things rolling because it's interesting to see what can be accomplished once you put your mind to it. When you look at a local level, what, you know, for example, in within Ontario, what the Peel Regional Police have been able to do, right, by having a task force on, on stolen vehicles, uh, how much interdiction they've been able to have. But also they are starting to get frustrated with them capturing them, right, putting task force in place, capturing them only to find the same person come back to them a day later or two days later doing the exact same thing again because, you know, we have the catch and release system. So um, that is where, where you can see that that local interdiction a lot of times can, can have a huge effect, right? But it all needs to be tied together. Tim, great to have you on and discuss this. Um, it's an issue that isn't going away, so I'm glad we got to touch base and uh, hear what needs to be done about it. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Greg. Take care. You too. I'd like to thank Brian and Tim for being my guests this week. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, have a suggestion, or simply want to comment, email me at glason at autonews.com. And remember, you can listen to all our previous podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play, or on our website, automotivenews.ca. Just click the podcast tab at the top of the homepage. That does it for this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. We hope you'll join us next time. So long, everybody. 